Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Glory. We've had a wonderful time. We're already at the halfway point. Just four days left. And uh, it's been unusual. People have been healed. People have had words that have encouraged them. One night, the Lord had me to speak from Ezekiel 47. And he told me before I stood before you that he was going to deal with Washington, D.C. And then I prophesied to you that it would not be healed. The swamp, the Bible says, will not be healed. Next day, they pulled the chain link fences back out. Devil must have heard the message. Amen. (laughs) Oh, cracks me up. Glory to God. You know you're doing good when the devil gets nervous. And some of his kids. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Everybody say this. I have greatness in me. Jesus is in me. He's the hope. The hope for glory. The hope of my glory. Christ is in me. The hope of glory. I'll be all right. Things are getting better for me. I'm getting closer to coming of Jesus to me and to him. I'm headed his way. He's headed my way. We're going to meet in the air. I'm happy about it. This thing will soon be over. I refuse to worry. I refuse to be in fear. I choose faith. Over fear. I choose victory over defeat. I choose the anointing over destruction. Things are turning around for me. Say, turn around. The Lord's turning it around. One of the promises that God said He'd keep forever was that He would turn around what was opposed to you. And I've been dealing with, how many have been in at least one of the services this week? May I see your hand? Oh, good. Maybe a better way to say it. How many haven't been in any of them until today? May I see your hand? Amen. Ushers, haul them out and throw them into the parking lot. <laughs> Glory to God. No, I'm kidding. Glad you're here, maybe. But these 10 days, and I say it for our friends that haven't been here, these 10 days, have a spiritual, biblical, scriptural precedent. They mean something. Now for years, and I've been full-time doing this 47 years, started preaching 51 years ago when I was 14. You do the math. People got saved in the meeting, went away to Bible school. I had to go back to junior high school. But they were like my sons in the gospel. All of them, Scott, Daryl, all of them, they got saved. Well, You don't have to teach a rooster to crow. It's in him. It'll come out. If you're called to minister the gospel, it'll come out of you. You can't learn it in a Bible college. Thank God for Bible school. That's where I met my wife. Amen. I told her, I said, I'm here like Moses to deliver you. She believed me. And so I delivered her. Hallelujah. But these 10 days specifically, and the reason I say that, all these years of preaching, I never saw 
what the Lord showed me this year about these 10 days that our Jewish brethren call days of awe. They begin on Rosh Hashanah and they conclude on Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. I've read that Bible through. I understood this. I remember it in Bible school being taught to us. Never been a thing to me. But this year, the Lord said, look at those 10 days. And so I looked at them. And I said, I'm looking, but I, I don't know what it means, Lord. He said, notice where I said all these promises, I would keep them forever. Everybody say forever. forever. Say the blessings of God. Will work, work for me, for me. Forever. forever. Say forever blessings. forever blessings. And four of them in particular begin on Rosh Hashanah. Number one, the Bible speaks of a new year and new beginnings. Everybody say, I have a new beginning, a new beginning. With, God. with God. Isn't it good to start over? Everybody has New Year's that we keep by our calendar. I'll lose weight. I'll do better. But by Easter, you have to repent. You're bigger than the ham they put on the table. I'm talking about me, not you. I had to trim down when my grandkids came along because I couldn't keep up with them. So the Lord helped me. I lost about 160 pounds and kept it off. Amen. Now I can chase my wife. Around the house, glory to God. She lets me catch her. But anyhow, <laughs> you make promises. Do you ever make a promise? Don't sit there grin like a Cheshire cat. You know you have. <laughs> Honey, I promise you I will. And then he doesn't do it. Why? Because he's a piano player. <laughs> you can't trust them piano players. No, he's a good one, isn't he? How many love him? Every year I come, I look forward to seeing him. But there are things in the Bible that we need to take advantage of, especially in this hour. So these 10 days, our Jewish brethren call it days of awe. We would say days of glory, the power of God, the glory of God. How many believe in the glory of God? The Lord has allowed me to see that about three times in my life where it would come in to where I was at. Years ago, I was in Pennsylvania, and I was preaching in February, right before Valentine's Day, and I said to my wife, I'm going over to the church and get the mind of God for the service tonight. And I went over, and I took the front row. I put my Bible there, a notebook, a pen, and I started praying, and I looked up, and I saw this fog rolling into the building like that. And I thought, oh, my goodness, one of the pipes must have burst. And the water, you know, I thought maybe the cold condensation. I, I didn't know what it was. I just saw this fog rolling into the auditorium. But then as it came in, I felt something pressing me. And I laid down right on the floor. There was a power to that fog. And then I heard the Lord say, right upon the paper, the number 100. So here I am. I'm feeling the anointing. I grab the pen, I pull the notebook down, and I write 100 on that paper, just like that. This was in February of 1978. First time I've ever had this. 
And then he said, there will be a young fella back to the right who'll come tonight. He'll have black glasses on. And he's cross-eyed. And they just increased his prescription to try to straighten his eyes. And I wrote that down. And then he said, there'll be a woman who's been in a car accident. She'll be in the center section and she'll have a brace on her neck. And I wrote that down. And then he said to me, I'm going to show you how to break demonic control out of this church. You mean the devil goes to church? Don't look around. Yeah, he does. Thank God he's not on the drums. Thank God he's not on the organ. But the devil goes to church. So that night came. My wife brought the clothes over to the church. I didn't go home. And the service started, and it was a good crowd. And uh, they were singing. And I looked back, and I saw the boy. And when I got up, I called him down. I said, your eyesight. This was in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania. I said, the Lord's going to heal your eyes, your cross-eyed. Yeah. The young fellow, he took the glasses off. I laid my hands on him, and his eyes... They just straightened out, and the cross-eyed condition left him just that quick. The Lord did it. Everybody say, the Lord did it. Well, then, I shifted my attention to the center section, and I'm looking for a woman. Do you know I still remember her name, Anne Cherokee. Remember that? Italian woman. And there was a lady there. Her name was Anne. I just told you her last name. You can work on it when you get home. <laughs> Sister Cherokee. And... I saw she had a neck brace. And I said, come down here, sister. And she came down. My wife will tell you. We laid hands on her. And there was a popping noise in her neck. And she said, oh, my goodness. And she ripped that thing off her neck, waved it, and God healed her crippled neck from a car accident that quick. But I didn't know what the 100 stood for. You remember, that was the first thing the Holy Ghost told me to do. So the pastor, he come up and he led a song. And then he said, Brother Ted, go ahead. And I took the mic, pastor. And when I took the mic, the Lord said, call the board down here. Sometimes if there's going to be devils, they're usually in the board. You've heard of being deacon possessed. <laughs> Not here, but... I know a few places that they are. And they came down, and two of them were lovely ladies. They had two women deaconesses and some deacons. Now, I did not know why the Lord said call them down. That's the honest truth. I just obeyed what I heard. And he hadn't told me to do that in the morning when I saw that cloud. Well, amen. One of your eyes is being healed. In particular, on the right side, the power of God's on you right now. Amen. You shall not have cataract. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't know if you wear contact lenses, but do you? But I see where you were wearing glasses in the vision. And so since they're not on, I'm guessing you have contacts. You have them on today? 
but the right eye is uh, needs more uh, correction than the left eye. Isn't that right? And the Holy Ghost just told me to tell you that in the next seven days, the eye shall heal right up and you shall not need surgery. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Someone say, thank you, Lord. Where was I? Oh, yes. So I called them down, but I didn't know why I called them. And I said, I'll tell you what, all you deacons and deaconesses, go in that back room and behind the auditorium and pray, and the Lord will show you what this is about. So they left, and I'm standing there, and I didn't know what else to do. I said, let's just sing a song while they're back there. Amen. And we would sing all kinds of songs in those days. But in those days, in the 70s, there's a real song everybody was singing. Jesus, my reason for living. Oh, Jesus, my everything. You old enough to remember that? Amen. <laughs> Jesus, my only possession. Oh, Jesus, my everything. And I'm singing like that. And that was the song, by the way. And they send one of the women, one of the ladies out, deaconesses. And here she comes. Never forget it. Them fellas, they were afraid to come stand in front of me, so they sent her. And she said, we prayed, and the Lord said, we're to give the pastor a raise. I said, that's it? Go on back and find out how much. Amen. So she went back. Apparently, there was a disagreement. And one guy comes storming out of that room, grabbed his hat. They used to have hat racks on the side of the auditorium. Grabbed his hat and stormed out of the building. That's how I knew which deacon had the possession. Amen. <laughs> they all filed back in. And I look at Pastor, and he's crying. And I said, uh, well, how much is it? They said, we think it's $100 more a week. And I reached in my pocket and pulled out that paper that had 100 on it. And I said, precisely, you have the mind of God. Amen. Well, the pastor said, can I say something? You see, it's his church. He can say anything he wants. But when the spirit gets moving, there's an authority that is released from heaven by the glory. Everything you need is in the anointing. Say that with me. Everything I need is in the anointing. Say, everything I need is in the anointing. Name me a disease Jesus can't heal. He can heal all diseases. Psalm 103, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases. Everything you need is in the anointing. And the anointing is a vast reservoir of God's power that never runs dry. You can tap into it like you just did. I don't know how. But I, I, the Lord showed me what was going on with you, say, amen. You didn't say, hey, Brother Ted, why are you here? Catch these eyes, will you? Uh, I don't even know if I know what that meant. Glory to God. But thank the Lord he knew and he heals and he touches you and he knows what you need. And if God knows the need of one, he knows the need of everyone. Can you shout hallelujah? He's working on your behalf right now. You're not going down to defeat. You're not a failure, but you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you and gave himself for you. Some turn around good for you now is what the Lord is saying. Some turn around good for you in Jesus name you must believe the word well
pastor said, can I say something? I said, sure. It's his church. He said, the people don't know this, Brother Ted. He said, I've never asked for a lot of money. I love the people. I just want a pastor. And he said, but I needed extra money. So a few years ago, I took a job driving a school bus. Isn't that right, Bon? And he said, they paid me an extra $100 a week, which was enough for me and sister, his wife, to live. Well, God knew that. But he said, I just failed the last physical. And there's something wrong with my heart, and they won't let me drive the bus. So after this break, I can't drive. And after your meeting, I was going to resign and leave the church. Because he didn't even want to ask the people for extra money. But you see, I found out something about God. God will ask for extra because he's more than enough. He don't care about your mentality of smallness. He's bigger than you. Hallelujah. The old boy said, you can't fight God. Your arms are too short. God's got the greater reach. Hallelujah. You can try. Let me know how you work out. But you can't box God. He's bigger than you. He's stronger than you. He got a longer reach than you and I have got. Bless his holy name. He's reaching now to this world if we'd only receive him. He's got something for you right now this morning if you'd only receive it. You don't have to leave here without. You can leave here filled down, loaded down with blessings running over in the name of Jesus. For the glory of the Lord shall encompass you. The glory of the Lord shall overshadow you. And he said, Brother Shuttlesworth didn't know it. He said, I was going to resign after this meeting. But he said, thank you, deacons. Thank you, folks. And he stayed on and was successful for some years, and the Lord healed him. Well, the next day I get a call. Now, I was preaching in what they call a denominational church. It was an Assembly of God church. And the superintendent was a wonderful man. His name was Benjarno. How many know Italians are wonderful people? Yes. Amen. All three of you. Praise God. <laughs> Mo, Larry, and Curly said amen. Well, he called me. He said, I hear you're having quite a stir down there. I thought, man, this is the big guy. This is, he's over 400 churches. He knows who I am. I said, yeah, Brother Benjano. He said, I didn't say it was a good thing. He said, a deacon called the district office and said, you're doing this and that. But he said, I knew your dad. And he said, I'm trusting that you're doing the right thing. That's a mistake right there. I never did the right thing. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, Brother Benjano. I, I think I am. He said, well, they're going to have a board meeting this afternoon. You've got to be there. Now, I'm not even in their denomination, but I'm obedient. So I went. And on the way, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. Now, whatever this gift is, I don't know. But I see things in the Spirit, which is why I don't have a whole lot of friends. And I'm worried about my wife. And <laughs> but she'll tell you, I have the strangest things happen to me. And I just, I've gotten used to it. And I just say, thank you, Lord. It's part of the blessing. I mean, I can't even order a pizza without a demon coming out of people. That's another story. We'll save that for tomorrow. Well, <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful life. Glory. So I go over there, but when I'm going, I'm carried away in the spirit. 
And I see a woman with a, like a, what do you call them? Like a kerchief that you tie around your head in the winter. Whatever. She had one. And she had a gray coat. And then I see this guy that had the hat. And they're driving. And he said, I'm going to throw that guy out of this meeting. We're shutting him down. I heard him say it. And a few other things to her. I'm in the back seat of the car. My spirit is. Not physically. My spirit's in that car. And I hear it. So then I get to the church. And he's not there yet. And I go in. And they're all sitting there. And they all look like they're scared to death of something. Pastor's over at the desk with his head bowed. And I think he's crying. I don't know why he's crying. He just got a $100 a week raise. I helped him get that from the Holy Ghost. But anyhow, this was what I entered into. And I look around, and then the guy comes in, huffing and puffing. And I said, before you say anything, you just told your wife in the car that you're going to get me and get rid of me. Well, I did. I said, and she's in the hallway if we want to bring her in to confirm it. Well, yeah, she is. And I said, she's got a green kerchief on her head and a gray coat. When I said that, he fell right on the carpet and a devil began to speak out of him. I mean a demon spirit. Go away. They always tell me to go away. I ain't going nowhere. Why do you think I'm there? God sent me there. Go away, man of God. I said, shut up and come out of it. And every deacon and deaconess sat right up in that ring of chairs. The pastor lifted his head and dried his tears. You're going to find out sometimes the reason you're crying is you're dealing with a devil and that devil's trying to oppress you. That devil's trying to take you out. That devil's trying to mess your faith up. He's trying to make you feel bad about life. But when you get rid of the devil, you're going to start laughing again. You're going to start having joy like a river flow out of your spirit. Come on, shout hallelujah. No devil. Somebody shout no devil. Shout no devil. No devil shall oppress you. No devil shall take you out. No devil is going to make you sick. No devil is going to rob you of the blessing. No devil. And in these days of glory, I'm trying to tell you, things are getting better for the child of God. For the devil knows his hour is short. He's come down on the earth and his wrath is being revealed. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You got a big Jesus and you got no devil. Someone say hallelujah. Say Jesus is up and the devil's down. So I cast the devil out of him. Then I said, Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost. He began to speak with other tongues. I remember his last name. It was Eisenhower, like the president. Well, when the glory come in that room, one of the ladies, the deaconess, she had a short leg. Remember, hon, she had a built-up shoe. And she said, would you pray for my leg? So I did. And God lengthened her leg. And miracles went right around that room. That all came out of the glory. See, when the glory manifests, the devil's got to go. I said, when the glory manifests, the devil's got to go. 
when Paul was on the island of Melita and he had just come through a shipwreck and battled the storm Eurachlodon and the ship was destroyed but an angel appeared to him in the middle of the night and said fear not Paul for all shall be safe that are with you and you shall all escape safe to land and the Bible says and so they did some on boards some on broken pieces they all escaped safe to land hallelujah how many know you're going to be safe the only safety you have is the angels of God that are working on your behalf. The only safety you have is in the glory and the power of Almighty God. And our Jewish brethren understood that these 10 days are 10 days of glory. We don't need less of God. We need more of God. And tonight I'm going to set some of you free from fear, from unbelief, from doubt. And God's going to fill you up with faith. And you're going to leave here knowing there's no devil in hell or out of hell that's going to touch me or my family, my children, my loved ones, but the greater one by the glory lives in me. Come on, lift your hands and shout. Hallelujah. Woo! The glory. Everybody say the glory. The second time I had this manifestation, was in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. It was a Sunday evening service. I had about six, 700 people jammed in there, Brother Hess's church. He's assistant superintendent of the Pentecostal Holiness. And he brought me in there to the Fountain of Life. That's the name of the church. Beautiful church. People of every race, color, creed, rich, poor. Beautiful blend of heaven. And I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, I see the cloud. I know what it is. I saw it in Pennsylvania in February 1978. Here it comes. And I just asked everybody that was sick, no matter what was wrong with them, crippled, blind, deaf, cancer, whatever, come stand at God's altar. He's going to heal them that night. And I heard the Lord say, this night I shall heal all. Well, that's scriptural, Matthew 4, and he healed all of their sicknesses and diseases. And then again in another place, Luke 5, it says, and they came to hear and be healed, and they were all healed. Sometimes God will release the glory so strong that nothing withstands the glory. So I see it. I thought, oh, hello, old friend. I haven't seen you for a while. It's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, the glory of God, the glory cloud. Some call it the Shekinah glory. I don't care what you call it. It's real. I've seen it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Suddenly that glory came in. And then the next thing I know, if I'm standing here, I can't see nobody. Everything's a cloud. And I grabbed a hold of the pulpit so I wouldn't fall over. Everything disappeared. Now listen, I got to go to heaven. You can't stand in a pulpit and lie. Last I checked, you got to tell the truth to go to heaven. And it was filling the auditorium. And then I could see the people one by one falling under the power, rejoicing, canes. My wife was there, she'll tell you. And later, everybody that night testified they got healed. So I look at Brother Hess. He's about 40-some years of age. And he's looking at me funny. I said, wasn't that powerful? He said, 
You didn't happen to see that, did you? I said, see what? He said, I saw a cloud come into the auditorium. I said, oh, thank God. I thought I was the only one that saw it. And God let that pastor see the glory. Well, I prophesy to you, pastors are going to share in the glory with those that have gone on before. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about those that are on the earth. I'm talking about your mama. I'm talking about your grandfather. I'm talking about those that have gone on before. God wants the church to share in the glory. Come on, lift your hand towards Pastor Steve. I tell you, this is a day that something is being released in this church, in the foundation, in the fabric, in the woof, the fiber of this very church. There is a spiritual DNA that is saying no to the devil. No devil is going to come in and take your family. No devil's going to come in and steal your health. No devil's going to come in and rob you of the best. But God says, I save the best for last. And in the latter hour that the Bible says that the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain and the glory and the glory and the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. How many glad you're alive to see the greater? Everybody shout greater. Greater glory, shout greater glory, shout greater glory. Rochester, I prophesy the greater glory is filling this place. The greater glory is coming from heaven. The greater glory is here. And as Finney preached in Rochester and a well was dug, so the Lord is redigging a well in Rochester, New York. And this place shall be the place of the greater glory, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost lifting up Jesus in all of his glory. He's the Savior. He's the healer. He's the Holy Ghost baptizer. Come on, clap your hands and shout. The greater glory. Then I got under the tent this summer. Four, I never thought of this till now. We started the tents in Elizabeth City where I'd saw the glory. You just come to me. See, I'm slow, but I eventually figure it out. I went to Elizabeth City this year where I saw the glory five or six years before. There was a young fella shot and killed by the police. BLM were flying in from all over the nation. Al Sharpton came in. The mayor was in fear the city would be destroyed. The governor of North Carolina sent 150 state troopers and cars in. The day Al Sharpton spoke at the funeral, my tent was going up in the field next to the church. And the mayor said to Brother Hess, who in the world's putting a tent up with an anticipated riot? Brother Hess said, well, there's an evangelist. His name's Ted Shuttlesworth. And the mayor said, who? Brother Hess said, his name's Ted Shuttlesworth. He said, I should have known it would be him. <laughs> he said, I've followed him on television for years. 
You tell him whatever he needs when he's in this city. He can have anything he wants, any park, any field, any police support, any help. He said, this is God. The mayor said this a, a couple of months ago to Brother Hess. He said, this is God. This is God. This is God. And I didn't know any better but get up and preach. And the head of the BLM, he, we went down and handed out flyers for the tent meeting. And he looked them over. He said, go ahead, hand them out to all the people. And so we handed them out to all the BLM. And on the next day, the leader, he got saved and brought his family under the tent. And the riot was dismissed. Al Sharpton flew home. And the people got back on their planes. And all the state troopers left the city. And all there was left was the glory under a big white tent where people were getting born again. Are you hearing me? I tell you, the glory is the answer for America. The glory is the answer for your neighborhood. The glory is the answer for all the problems that we're experiencing. We don't need another church. We don't need another denomination. We just need a visitation of the glory of God. Shout yes. Woo. I can't wait till tonight. Ha. Ha. 2040 can be corrected to 2020. One of your eyes was 2040 and they wanted it to be better. That's the one that needs the more prescription. Hallelujah. Well, where was I? Oh, yes. The glory. I've learned not to be upset about stuff. Because God has the final say. God has the final say. <laughs> oh, I'm cracking myself up. Hallelujah. The glory. The glory. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. You're powerful, Lord. You're wonderful. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of times, what we perceive may not be reality. You know, like they have that little tennis ball with warts. They say that's the coronavirus. It don't look anything like that. They just had to have something to scare people. Here comes that tennis ball with warts, suction cups on the end. It don't even look like that. It looks more like an amoeba. Are you hearing me? Even the world understands perception. And what you receive as far as fear comes through the eyes and the ears. But what you receive by faith comes only through the ears and then sees what you hear. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The devil understands these biblical principles of the release of the glory. He knows it. He quote that Bible better than some of you quote it. He knows it. And so he reverses it to try to take you out. Any preacher that's worth his or her salt will preach faith to people in times of trouble. In other words, what kind of man of God goes along to get along? Does that make sense to you? Sure. Well, I don't want to upset anybody. Not me. I try to upset as everybody I can. <laughs> don't look at me in that tone of voice. 
<laughs> but I do it with a joyful spirit. Are you hearing me? The Bible says the gospel preached is an offense unto many. So I just try to offend as many as I can. Brag on Jesus. Brag on his power. Talk about how good he was. When American churches wouldn't let me preach, I went to Jamaica to live. Because the Jamaicans took me in. The only thing I didn't know is they run their services six, seven hours. My messages weren't that long. I had to preach two or three every night. Ran out of messages. And I used to love to hear them coming to church because they'd sing coming up the road in Kingston. When his bleeding hands touch mine, when his bleeding hands touch mine, Jesus set me free. You say, Jesus. Jesus set me free through all eternity. When his bleeding hands touch mine. Man, I was getting with it. Glory. I'm glad I'm not in America right now. <laughs> and what I learned from those dear folks was when Manly, not Norman the dad, but Michael the son, was making an alliance with Fidel Castro to turn Jamaica into a communist nation. And I saw Cuban soldiers beating people with their rifles on the streets of Kingston. And bomb, a bomb went off right where I was walking <laughs> five minutes after I got by. God knew I didn't need an extra lift that day. Amen. <laughs> I saw the despair of the people. They were heartbroken. Things aren't working for us. It's like Bill Cashman of the Yankees. I saw your Yankee thing. I heard he wants me to come lay hands on the Yankee team. Maybe I will go and anoint him with oil. Amen. It's going to take more than the anointing for them to start winning again. Amen. My buddy, he runs the AAA team in Scranton. And he said, I told Bill about you, how you prayed and God healed me of cancer. He said, would you be willing to go to the Yankees and uh, anoint them all with oil and see what God will do? <laughs> I said, first thing God needs to do is help them hit the ball. Glory to God. <laughs> Very simple. Here it comes. There you go. But see, the world looks at things differently. That's my point I'm making. God bless Bill Cashman, Yankees, I don't care, Red Sox. God bless anybody that wants to be blessed. That's the whole point. Don't limit your blessing to just church. The blessing is for your everyday living. So I was staying with this Jamaican lady. She used to be a nurse in New York City, retired home. And she was upset because there was no food in the stores during this time. I'm so embarrassed, she said. I said, what are you embarrassed about? I'm embarrassed. Hey, someone's got Chinese food. Hallelujah. You need me to hold it for you? You'll never see it again. Let me see what it looks like. Oh, it's your purse. Even better. It's got money in it. So, oh, it feels like gold. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that'll teach you. I used to be a magician. Want to see your purse disappear? Hey, there it goes. What am I bid for this purse? Anybody have any money? Now you ruined my message. I got to go eat. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yes, amen. And the despair that was in. And Sister Carter, that was a woman. She's upset. She's used to being here in America. The blessing. 
And she said, Manly, he is a devil. I said, no, Sister Carter. He's a potential brother in Christ. She said, I hope he goes to hell. I said, Sister Carter, if he's dependent on your prayers, he better get an asbestos suit. Keg of ice. And I tried. Now, she's supposed to be Christian. I tried to encourage her to pray for him. See, some people have just enough anointing for their self, but they don't have enough left over for others. Why? Because you're selfish. Hey, don't get upset. Last service, I called him backslidden, so it'll be all right. <laughs> you see, self-examination is always a work of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in your life, you better get it right because he doesn't always promise to keep coming. He that being often reproved, the Bible says, hardeneth his heart, stiffens his neck, shall suddenly be cut off. And that without remedy, Proverbs says. We'd all like to believe there's another chance, but if you read that Bible, there may not be. You can hear the word over and over, and every time you hear it and don't obey it, another layer of hardness comes over you. Every time the Holy Spirit deals with you, you say, well, uh, maybe next time. Another layer of hardness comes. And here was a dear woman. I loved her. Stayed in her home. She may have been, what, in her 70s, maybe early 80s, but she was bitter. Don't let the devil make you bitter because that he'll point out things you're lacking when you need to point to him the things you're blessed with. We've got too many cross-eyed Christians, one eye on the problem, one on the Lord. Straighten your sight out. Get your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, dear friend. Can you say amen? amen? It's about the glory. And these 10 days that we're celebrating, I tried. I, I have many preacher friends. I thought I'd do it in St. Louis. But when I told Brother Steve, who's on our ministry board, he said, why don't you come here and do it? The reason I came here was because of my friend, Pastor Steve Edlin. But once I got here, I started thinking, the great awakening the last awakening of the Holy Ghost that stirred America, it started right here in New York and in Rochester with Charles Finney. This is where the last great awakening, and it spread all across the nation. Finney alone saw one million souls saved. Are you hearing me? Without television, without newspaper, without radio, he just preached the power of God down. They shut down factories, and the circus came to Rochester, and they couldn't even pull a crowd because they were all in Finney's meeting getting born again and feeling the glory of God. I have a feeling. I, I can't say the Lord told me, but I have a feeling the reason I'm here for these 10 days of glory is that God is up to something for America. That there is a third great awakening that has started and it's going to roll out of this church. You may not see yourself mighty. You may not understand why God would use you. But I'm trying to tell you, you have greatness on the inside of you. God has a plan for your life. I don't care who you are. And if you'll let God use you, you'll reach in 
into that realm of the glory and begin to see great and mighty exploits done in his wonderful name. Can you shout hallelujah? You're headed up. You're not down. You're victorious. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. But greater is he that is in you. The greater glory is in you right now. You ought to thank God there's a plan. You ought to thank God that no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. You ought to thank God he knows the plan he has for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Come on, jump on your feet and praise God. I dare you to lift your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it again out loud. I have greatness in me. The greater glory is working through me. When you begin not only to believe that, but to exercise that. One time I was hearing David Miner said, can I help you, Brother Ted? I said, sure. He said, I have him bring a chair. I sit in it when I minister. I said, why would you do that? He said, so I can go longer. Thank you, chair. One short, sweet song. I was glad when they said unto me, I was glad when they said unto me. Well, I was glad when they said unto me. Oh, let us go. Well, I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. Well, unto me. Jesus who said unto me, well, it was Jesus who said unto me, well, it was Jesus who said unto me, oh, let us go. Come on, clap your hands one time, play it. Jesus who said unto me, who? It was Jesus that said unto me, well, it was Jesus that said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Ladies, I was glad when they said
come on, come on, come on. Don't you want to go? Well, come on, come on, come on, church. Don't you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, church. Don't you want to go? Yes, I want to go. Well, I see my Jesus standing. Don't you want to go? I see my Jesus standing. Don't you want to go? I see my Jesus standing. Don't you want to go? Yes, I want to go. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. happy that God is in his house. Everybody say, God is in his holy habitation. Now, how many want to be nice to people? How many want to be known as a nice person? All right. Our visitors that lift their hands earlier that haven't been here, they have their hands up. See how they got saved that quick? Everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be complimented. But the greatest compliment is when Jesus says, you're all right. People can give you thumbs down. Say, I don't like him. I don't even know Bill Cashman, but I like him. Besides, I might get a free game if I go, I was told. Amen. Better put me in the box seat. Now, I'm just telling you, God's on the move everywhere. Now, think of, take it from my perspective, all right? The gentleman in New York and Jersey that runs the testing labs, Dominic, he's a friend of mine. He told me what they did to increase the numbers. You precious black folks, I love you. And don't believe the lie, you're the most susceptible. You're not, it's the Caucasians. Who are the Caucasians? My wife. She's about as Caucasian as they come. And don't be blaming Chinese people. Say Asians are awesome. Can't you see how the devil's trying to divide the races? Are you that blind and don't have enough Holy Ghost to see the devil's trying to turn people one against another? How many say, I'm not blind? I can see. I have another friend, works at Fort Detrick. I might get thrown off Facebook. Who cares, Zuckerberg? Amen. Get saved. But let me tell you something. If you believe a lie, that means you're deceived. The NSA that has the best equipment in the world at Fort Detrick, they call this the phantom virus because it's so small. So small, a mask doesn't keep it out. Oh, save me, Jesus. You see the faith I got? You ain't got no faith because you believed a lie. The nanometers of the bacterium is smaller than the weave of even the finest mask. If you wore a plastic ventilator, what? The virus is stupid. It doesn't know how to come up underneath. It stops working at five feet 11, and at six feet, you're safe. When will people wake up to the fact that devil is a deceiver and he's trying to divide the peoples? You don't believe it? Go home, take a bottle of water, pour it on your mask, and it drips through. Why? 
because the mask cannot keep it out. And that's why the CDC just said it only works for 10% of the people. The truth is, it don't work for anybody. It's too small. It gives people mental ease. Well, I've got this. I'm all right. What about I got Jesus and I'm all right? Are you so backslidden you forgot about the healing power of Christ? And to prove it, look what Facebook said last week. We will not allow, and YouTube, we will not let anybody talk about healing or we'll remove your posts. I put a hundred posts on in one day. He heals. He sets people free. I ain't going to. And if they can get you to surrender your faith in healing, then they'll get you to deny Christ. This is a precursor for the mark of the beast. How many understand that? You're being set up to take a mark. Someone said, do you think the vaccine's the mark? No, I don't. I don't think that. But I believe it's a precursor to condition people to receive what the book of Revelation said, the mark of the beast, with which you'll not be able to buy or sell. And that's what the vaccine passports are about, to condition you that if I don't go along, then I can't be a part. But I hear Jesus way up in heaven. You know what I hear him saying? They forgot about me. I still have glory. I'm going to visit the earth with glory. Now there's a preacher. His name was Oral Roberts. God gave him a vision before he died. He said there'd be some kind of problem, like a disease hit the earth. But he said, I see a cloud rising up in New York City. And he said, the cloud spread across the nation. And whatever the disease was, God healed it in the cloud. Everybody say the glory. glory. He died. That happened 10 years later. And on Good Friday of last year, the Holy Ghost come on me and said, prophesy to the people. I was doing a program called Miracles at Midnight. He said, prophesy to the people on Monday after Resurrection Sunday, the virus will be broken. I did. Governor Cuomo, I love him. God bless him. He came on and said on Monday, don't say prayer did it. Don't say God did it. But we thank God for our responders. But they were doing the same thing before Good Friday that they were doing on Monday. My son-in-law's sister worked in that hospital where the black and Spanish folks were dying. Because that's where they released the virus in the water supply. They were putting the bodies, five black bags outside every door. But she said, come Monday, people sat up and said, where am I? And suddenly the hospital was all healed. And when they told Cuomo, he couldn't believe it. I wish he was here. I'd give him a big hug and get him on his knees. He needs to pray and get saved. He said, don't say God did it. Don't say prayer did it. But I told the people on Good Friday God was going to do it. And I said, by Monday... It will change. So my wife and I made a decision. We could talk about these things or we could go around telling people you're going to be all right. Faith in God still works. The glory drives out the devil. Which do you think I chose? What I did today. The glory will watch over you. Just get filled with the glory. Get filled up with Jesus. Now, there is a spiritual condition when you start slipping and you have trouble believing. The Bible calls it backsliding. Everybody say backsliding. Say, that's not going to be me. 
That's not my story. Are you sure? Has there been anything that shook your faith? Where you say, Lord, why is this happening? Maybe you just need another touch of the glory. I'm not going backslide. I won't deny Christ's healing power. And I'm not denying that he's the son of God, the savior of the whole wide world. Can you say amen? I'm just going to ask you for a moment. Be honest. This, the Lord sees. How many of you have struggled with your faith in the last 18 months? Say, yeah, I've had some questions and I don't know why, but I'm struggling. Just lift your hand to God. He'll see it. God bless you, Mr. New York Yankee. Amen. Who else? You can play short, but stop. Glory to God. See? Now, let's deal with it. Get out of your seat and come down here and stand in front of me right now. Come on, every one of you that lifted your hand, we're going to deal with it. Come on. Come on. We're going to get rid of anything that would try to get us to backslide. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Move in closer. The worst condition probably here today is bad breath. Come a little closer. Hallelujah. I feel to speak to you by the Spirit, sir. Is that all right? Whatever growing up with family, a father, mother, difficulties, is not going to be your story. You have a strength that you've pressed in. But beginning this morning and the days ahead, you're going to find new acceptance. People are going to say, he's a leader. I believe in him. And it'll be the favor of God coming on you as you rededicate yourself to the things of God. You believe that? I mean good things. Good things. Make room for dad that's coming down. Bless his heart. Get ready, sir. The Lord's going to touch you. Both your lungs are going to receive a touch. A little more strength where you've been struggling. I see it. Lord, show me. And your eyes are whole, by the way. So, sir, promotion is coming from the Lord as you make a full commitment. You're already being, say, I didn't hear all of it. You're being promoted to be a leader at work. Well, that's a pretty good word. See, but understand, God wants you to understand, he's the one doing it. I don't care where you go, this is now your church. You're going to be a leader here, too, one of these days. You get in here every time the doors are open. I'm here tonight through Thursday night. I'll be looking for you. Maybe you can go with me, and we'll go talk to Bill Cashman about how to hit a sinker. Amen. But I'm telling you, I saw the anointing come on you for leadership while I was preaching today. And then you confirmed it, though you never told me till just now. So that must give you great faith. It certainly helped my faith to know God is promoted. But here's how I think. If he's going to do that for you, he's going to do it for all of us. We're all moving up. <laughs> Say, I'm moving up too. The blessing comes from the Lord. This man right here, I don't know your name, but God has strengthened your heart and lungs and also in your legs where you start to feel a little shaky, weak. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's right, isn't it? I saw it. The Lord heals you. Watch who you hang with. 
you got people that are saying bad things to you. You hear what I mean? They're running down your faith. Now, lift both your hands and your rotor cuff will be healed. Arthritis goes out of your joints. Just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And just start moving that wing, that arm. Hallelujah. And it's in your rotor cuff right up in here. So just let the Holy Ghost blow it out. Amen. And then come back here this week. Bring a baseball and throw catch with him. Amen. You're getting better. Hallelujah. Better, 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 better. This lady here, I don't know her, young girl. Step forward, please. Do you know someone named Amber? Like Ambra or Amber or something like that? You do? Is she here in this church? Where would she be? Pennsylvania. You get on the phone and tell her the Lord needs her. She has a gift in music. Isn't that right? And she's been back and forth about her gift of music, right? And the Holy Spirit shows me it's the anointing coming on her, but also you. Because there's some things you'd like to do, but you are too shy. I'd like to sing like that. I'd like to say the gift is coming on you because he wouldn't give it to Amber, who's not here, and leave you without who is here. But here's the teaching here. The glory spreads everywhere. And even the name is right. And you knew about her musical gift. She could pick up a violin if she wanted and play it, right? Have you ever seen her do it? But she could do strings, guitar, keyboard. She's a, that's a gift. And I saw her in the spirit. Amen. Now, lift your hands. Now, look at me. It's not that you're not saved. But you need to learn how to master, as we all do, these Christian principles of faith. That only comes by going to the house of God and getting in every time the doors are open. And I see a lot of young people, are, God's moving on them. He's moving on you. Hallelujah. When you were smaller, in your back, there was a little bit of a problem in your spine. Isn't that right? They may have called it curvature of the spine. I don't know. Is that true? I see in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the glory is healing your back right now. Next time you're measured, you'll be one inch taller. For the Lord is straightening your spine out in the name of Jesus. That'll be your sign. Now see, I tell people, I tell people God shows me things. And some will go, yeah, right. Until it happens to them. I can't explain it. I don't know when this gift will work. I don't know when God will show me something, but I'm always open. Amen. Hallelujah. Now the Spirit's on this young girl. Seussicals or something. I can't pronounce it. Oh, Dr. Seuss. I get it. Oh. See, I'm slow, but I, I pick up speed as I go. Lift your hands. The Lord's going to help you. You had some kind of a spiritual attack, even though you're young. Tried to discourage you. It's like a devil attacked your house, your home. And there was strife, problem. And it bothered you, and you wept at night. Oh, I see it. You're on your bed, and you were crying. You said, Lord, can you help me? Do you remember praying like that in your bedroom? Feeling brokenhearted? Lord, can you help me? Isn't that what you said? That was last month. 
August. Just a minute. I see some kind of a, it's like a different kind of clock. It doesn't look like a regular clock. Some kind of a nice thing you got there next to the bed. The Lord said, it's your time now. Your time for freedom. Your time to be free. Every time you speak, the Lord says, I will release through your words the glory in your home. And it will bring a straightening out to people that should know better. Now, she's crying, not because she's sad. It's tears of joy, isn't it? Because you just found out God heard your prayer. Everybody say, today's my day. Since you've been even a little smaller than this, young girl, you had a sore place like a growth in your body. And the Lord's going to take that sore place out. And you've noticed it more and more lately. Isn't that right? I command the tumor now to dissolve and go out of your body. And you'll be healed by the power of Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Oh, there it goes. You're healed. The Lord did it. Someone say, the Lord did it. I like this man's shirt. It says, make us one. Come over here, brother one. Thank God number two didn't come today, but number one did. The Lord shows me that you have a spirit of pleasantness. You try to be at peace with people. But you also have some anger because you got ripped off by some people that were close to you. You couldn't believe that, that it didn't work out the way you thought it would. Forgive, we'll let it go. Amen. You have a desire to have your own business, your own ability to do what you want. The Lord's already given you a plan, and it shall come to pass. You believe that? And even though where you work now is all right, there are those that don't like you, and they try to undercut you. But the Lord said, I'm going to promote you. So it'll start working right where you're at, then it'll get better and better and better. In your athletic uh, zeal to lift and to bring your body into shape, you've had a small tear in a muscle in your body. And from time to time, you, you feel it. Isn't that right? So that that one arm, is, when you lift it, you feel a catch. Lift your arm now, you'll see the Lord healed it. All the way, all the way. Put your hand behind your head now where it would be painful. It's not there now, is it? Feel with your other hand, you'll see that that sore place is gone. Gone that quick. And get ready to have a good business. Amen. See? Operation successful. Didn't even hurt. Come on, say the Lord did it. All right, we'll close. Tonight is what time? 7 o'clock? Don't be late. We don't want to be singing when the saints come dragging in. We're going to sing when they come marching in. We'll let you go. Have a good afternoon. Make sure you eat something. Rest. But tonight I've got a word that I'm wanting. I didn't feel to release it this morning. But tonight I will. All of you at the altar pray this. Say, Father, I'm making a comeback. I'm the comeback kid. You help me to get back from a setback. And never again. Will I be behind? But I'm going to lead the way because Jesus is in me, the hope of glory. I confess with my mouth, 
Jesus, you are my Lord. And I confess, Lord, you raised him from the dead just for me. And right now, all of the power of sin that's trying to get me to go back on God is broken. I'm going forward. I'm a winner. I have the blood of Jesus that has cleansed me. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.